0: It's the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. Let's spend a few minutes with soon-to-be Oklahoma senior U.S. Senator James Lankford. Good morning.
1: Hey, good morning to you both.
0: So we have to know, did you get an invite to the state dinner for the French president at the White House tonight?
1: You know what? It (laughs) might have come, and I'm not good at reading French. Maybe I just (laughs) missed my invitation. I I do like a good croissant, though, so maybe they'd have some of those around.
0: I I imagine. (laughs) So the Senate this week, passing the Respect for Marriage Act, codifying the legality of same-sex marriages in the U.S. 61 of your colleagues, including 12 Republican colleagues, voted for it. You voted no. Why?
1: I voted no. Why? Because it has some very real problems on religious liberty. When the Obergefell decision came down on same-sex marriage in 2015, it formed this equal protection between both groups, those that agree and disagree with uh, uh, with marriage based on just their own religious preferences or conscience or whatever it may be, this tilts the scale on it. And it actually sets up what's called a private right of action uh, where individuals can actually sue someone uh, if they say that, hey, you disagree or I feel harmed by your opinion on uh, same-sex marriage. So I I think that sets up for a lot of litigation across the country and it creates a divisive issue to make Mm -hmm. it much more divisive in the days ahead. And there was an easy way to be able to fix it. I brought an amendment to that, uh, to be able to fix that, to be able to make sure things continue to stay balanced. And that was, unfortunately, that was narrowly lost. And uh, so that's been my big issue there.
0: But wasn't there another amendment that did address religious liberty and that several faith groups were comfortable enough to sign on to?
1: So what's interesting is I had uh, several folks that caught me and said, hey, there were some religious groups uh, that did support this that felt fine with it. And I always remind people that Raphael Warnock, uh, who is the senator from uh, the Democratic senator uh, from Georgia? He is also a pastor, and uh, so no, yeah. you can't just say a religious group uh, agrees with this, so it must be okay sure, with but, all religious groups. But there that other amendment
0: didn't it do a lot of the things that you wanted, like you know, uh, keep nonprofit religious organizations from sure being sued?
1: There were actually three amendments. Mike Lee had an amendment. Marco Rubio had an amendment, and I had an amendment. Uh, we all voted for each other's amendments, and we would all have been glad to be able to see those other amendments also pass as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, all three of them failed. All three of them, by the way, were supported by a lot of religious groups and just different conscience groups of all backgrounds. Christian, Jewish, there were, there were lots of different groups that jumped in and said they're very supportive of our amendments. They just wanted to be able to make sure that individuals of faith would be continu- and would continue to be protected as they have been this does tilt the scale on it. We'll see what that looks like in the days ahead.
0: You have introduced the Restoring Military Focus Act, which is an effort to eliminate the position of Chief Diversity Officer in the military. Do you see that position as a, kind of an enforcer of woke ideology?
1: Uh, it is in many ways. This is one that Marco Rubio actually uh, led out with this one as well, and he and I are working on it together. Uh, anyone who is in the military, or around the military, or military family right, right now will tell you the military has a focus and has had a focus for decades and decades to be able to make sure that we protecting each other, uh, that the focus is we have to be an effective military and we have to be an effective fighting force working together. That means we have a relationship with each other, disagreements uh, on all kinds of issues, but we've got to be able to work together. Uh, So that has been a focus for a long time. This is a new push uh, from the military that goes above and beyond. I I can't even begin to tell you that literally thousands of people in the military already that focus, their prime focus is on diversity in the military to be able to create yet another layer in the Pentagon uh, is not only unnecessary, uh, but it is someone that we feel like is gonna be designed to be able to push this woke ideology across the military even more than they already are. So let's keep the military doing what the military does best. We have great trust for the military uh, because they're focused on protecting our nation. They're literally sacrificing their own lives and their own times. Uh, to be able to serve our nation in that. So let's continue to be able to help them keep the military diverse, but you don't need a chief diversity officer to continue to add one more layer of bureaucracy.
0: So do you think diversity should be a Pentagon priority at all? Oh, sure
1: it is. It already is. Uh, This is not something new. Again, you talk to anybody in the military, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize the military was focused on diversity. Of course it is, and has been, and has had a wide perspective uh, on diversity all along. And there are lots of layers in that Pentagon bureaucracy that already focus on diversity. We're talking about a new position and a whole new office being set up when we really need to be focused on how are we more effective as a fighting force? We are already very effective at diversity.
0: So um, in another topic, how disappointed are you that Republicans will not be taking control of the Senate in January?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed. And I've talked to a lot of Oklahomans that are frustrated with that and uh, and disappointed and can't, can't see uh, how this has all happened and, and what happened. And, of course, there's lots of comments and everybody has an opinion about it. Uh, but it is a real shift. Obviously, Republicans have won the House. Uh, we have narrowly lost the Senate. We'll still see what the Georgia Senate race uh, comes down to next week. That is a very significant race. Uh, Democrats will have control of the Senate even without the Georgia race being decided. But right now, all of our committees are 50-50, evenly divided because the Senate is also evenly divided. If uh, the Democrats win the Georgia race, then all of our committees will lose a Republican member, and that will be very significant uh, across all of the debate in every single committee. Uh, so there's, there's still some things to be determined and be decided, but what I do know is the American people are very divided on a lot of issues. The, the, most, uh, the, the best poll that I've seen out there when I asked the American people Uh, do you think America's on the right track? 21% of the people think America's on the right track, 21%. Uh, We are very divided as a nation. We're very frustrated with the economy, with what's going on uh, in D.C., and I think people are looking to say, all right, who's going to solve all this mess? And right now it's unresolved.
0: Are you in danger of losing a committee seat if, uh, in fact, the Democrats do end up with a 51-49 advantage?
1: I I am not uh, because I'm far enough seniority in all of my committees, uh, but it is a serious issue that we'll have to see. There there will be a lot of changes happening in committees if Republicans do not win the Georgia race. As
0: of today, who do you think the de facto leader of your party is?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, I would hope it would be the American people. I don't mean to be flippant about that, but I, I don't know that anyone's looking to one Republican right now and saying that person speaks for all Republicans. Uh, hopefully Republicans are listening to the American people everywhere, and I'm doing the same listening to people across Oklahoma, but there is no one de facto leader right now.
0: Um, As I mentioned at the beginning here, you're about to go from the junior U.S. senator to the senior U.S. senator from the state of Oklahoma. Um, This is probably the last time we're going to talk on the air before Jim Inhofe um, goes into retirement. Is there anything you'd like to say about your colleague?
1: Uh, I've said a lot about Jim Inhofe. He's been a person who's faithfully served our state, for decades now, both as mayor of Tulsa and as a House member, uh, as as serving our Oklahoma legislature and obviously serving in the Senate now for decades. What he has done for infrastructure and what he has done uh, for our national defense, uh, everyone in DC recognizes and everyone quite frankly across our state recognizes. And whether you agree or disagree with Jim Inhofe, and I run into people across the state that have both opinions on it, everyone still stops and says, but what he did for our military and what he did for our infrastructure is very significant, and it is. And so I think our, our state will be very grateful for him for a very long time.
0: And this is – I'm just going to throw this in at the end because it's, <laughs> we're getting some open mics on it this morning, and it is a story uh, out of San Francisco. The. Uh, city councilors or county commissioners there, I can't remember which, are uh, going ahead with the idea of using robots in their police department that have lethal weapons on them. We, we saw this in Dallas, actually, I think in 2016, when they had the sniper there outside their police headquarters shooting yes. at cops. Uh, they used a robot with explosives. What do you think of this technology?
1: Well, that that is one that you have to be obviously extremely careful with uh, in how you actually use it. There's a person on the other side of the robot. This is not, a, uh, this is right. not RoboCop. It's not uh, AI. through the <laughs> streets. That's correct. Uh, wandering around. This is a, a technology that's set up with cameras and everything else trying to be able to determine what to do if you've got somebody in a situation in a house uh, that is a very dangerous interdiction location. Uh, to be able to get to somebody and to be able to uh, stop what's going on with him killing people without actually uh, harming police officers. So uh, this is is the same conversation people have about a trained dog that's an attack dog to say, hey, is that legal to be able to use? Well, we're talking about how to protect human beings and police officers in the process. Uh, That kind of technology with a robot is just one more thing to be able to do it as long as it is connected to a person. I'm really not interested in RoboCop wandering the streets.
0: Hmm. Senator, thanks. Thank you so much.
1: You bet. Hey, if I don't get to talk to you before Christmas, as you already hinted, Merry Christmas. We can legally say that now after <laughs> Thanksgiving, I <think>. so, yeah. <laughs> Yes, we can. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas.
0: Christmas. <laughs> Senator James Langford. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds